Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. So Mary Shores is constantly in a state of trying to prove to the universe that she's not going to be toppled. <laughs> Mary, that is probably not the invitation to this conversation you were wanting to have. But welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Show. How are you doing this morning? I am really great. It's so nice to talk to you again. Now, the reason I introduced you that way, Mary, is because in your book, Conscious Communication, you talk about a lot of things in your life that were very stressful. And that the mindset that you've had to take in order to manage those stresses so that you can prosper and feel secure and walk in your love, those steps are very important to you because they're real life steps. Now, you're going to talk to us about the core four, how to create four cores for ultimate clarity of vision. Are those four cores related to surviving ordinary and extraordinary complications in life? I would say that the core four is born out of a place of being someone that is very entrepreneurial focused, um, very futuristic focused and result focused, like really the type of person that is entrepreneurial, likes to get lots and lots of things done. But in there lies the problem that you um, you often bite off more than you can chew. So now you've got yourself pulled in 17 different directions, and what you really need to do is rein that in and focus on the highest priority things. So whether that be in your personal life or in your business or whatever it is that you're taking yourself to the next level at, then what I have found is that if you can get really clear on what your vision is and what the priorities are, it will help you to stay focused along the way because, you know, I loved in your intro you're talking about scientists and thought leaders because I am passionate about all of those things. And I know from a scientific, you know, like understanding the way that the brain works is the more that we can focus on things, the more we will get closer to those things that we want. Okay, so dive us right into the core four. What are these four cores? So the core four started because um, my life has been in a huge transition this last two years, two and a half years, really. And it was because, so I've owned a successful business for 20 years, and I've had my, you know, roller coaster ups and downs. And, of course, I've, I've had a lot of tragedy in my life, and we'll talk about that, but it doesn't really affect the core four so much. So I just want to say, like, that when the book deal from Hay House came, that's a game changer. And when you go through something in life that's a game changer, you end up shifting in so many ways. And so I started feeling like I was pulled in just a million, that's an exaggeration, a million different directions. And it started to get overwhelming. And when it got overwhelming, I felt like when you're working on everything, you're really not working on anything. And so at the beginning of the year, I sat down and I thought, what are the four things that are most important right now. And I came up with a core four, which are the four areas. It's different than a goal because a core four is really the four areas of focus. So a goal looks like I want to lose 20 pounds. A focus is different because a focus is I want to heal. Hmm. What are the things I need to do to heal? So the focus is like, what are the things that you're doing to support whatever goal you have? So I was really getting into a place of chaos, and I needed to, I needed to put some structure to it. So the, uh, the, I'll share the, with you the core four for my personal life. So what I do have now is a core four for my personal life. I have a core four for the Mary Shores brands, which has to do all with the book and, and all of those wonderful things. And then I also have a core four for my main business that I run. And they all look very different because the, it's all in different places. Mm-hmm. So the core four for Mary Shores, myself personally, is um, my children, 
because they are junior and senior in high school, so it's like focusing on what they need to be doing to transition into their next stage of life with starting college. And one of my sons has special needs. He has autism, so there's a lot of extra responsibilities that go along with raising a child with special needs. Um, another one of the focuses is my brand, like, you know, really doing the things to support my brand and also, you know, keeping my eye on the prize with my business. But then also, like I was mentioning, healing, because um, I know you remember a little bit of my story, oh, but I I've gone through enough of a journey in life that was not very graceful. And in many ways, it was extremely uncomfortable. So, you know, I've, I've survived past the death of my child. I've, you know, I've just gone, I've lived many lifetimes in my 45 years here that I've, that I've been on the earth. And so I know I recognize that there's some things that I'm unraveling when it comes to my, you know, journey of emotional healing. So those are the things that I'm focused on. And that is like basically what a core four looks like as you choose you might say to yourself, where would I like to be in two years? And what, would it, what, what are the highest priority things? We all kind of instinctively know what those things are. And a lot of times they're the things we feel like we can never really get to. Okay, so I'm, I'm a little bit confused because I was under the impression, and because I don't have a clue where the map of this is going, which is so exciting. I love this. So I was under the impression that when you talked about the four cores, that would, there would be kind of this template that all of us would be able to say, oh, those are adaptable four cores. Oh, good, I can integrate those into my life. But you're basically suggesting that you've had to create your own separate four cores for each of your main areas of life. Uh, am I understanding? So it would look different. I think what it's not a four core like heart, mind, soul, physical. It's not like okay. that. Each person's core four is going to look very different. So I'll give you an example of one of my employees. Um, one of my employees, she is getting her MBA right now, and she's also in a relationship. So her core, her four core items that she's focused on right now look very different than mine because one of my core four was not relationships. So it's just like these are the most important areas of life that that someone needs to focus on. Hmm. So let's say, okay. for example, that um, I'm a person that has a an illness, like a very serious illness. And for those of you who are suffering through a debilitating illness, then that would clearly be one of your focuses child or maybe a grandchild, you know, that would be one of your focuses. But every single human on the planet, therefore, things are going to look very different than the next person. So I guess the question is, right, to rise in my mind, you say how to create the four cores for ultimate clarity of your vision. So there must be a how, a methodology behind this process. And why four? I chose four because it just seems like it's not overwhelming. So, you know, it's like when people try to tackle, you know, like I was saying before, 17 things at once, it just gets overwhelming really, really quickly. And what it allows you to do is to ask yourself questions like understanding that right now all of my energy needs to be going through these four core areas and if my energy is being pulled in a different direction, then that raises a yellow flag. And the the reason it raises a yellow flag is because it means you're doing something that's distracting you from your core, what you need to be doing at your core. So the how-to was actually very simple. So the how-to is like looking at what are the challenges in my life. So the first thing that I did was I sat down with kind of my list of things that were bothering me. And when I say bothering, I mean like points of stress. What were my struggles? What are my challenges? What is it that I'm dealing with right now that's just kind of a pain in the bump, if you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And from there, it's like, okay, one of my personal struggles was just absolute stress because we were we were being 
we were um, just being pulled in so many directions with respect to the book and branding and, and all of these like possibilities. Because if you think about it, when your biggest dream comes true in life, it's very mm-hmm. exciting. Oh yeah. But what do you do with that? Like when you're mm-hmm. sort of an unknown person and you don't have any experience in in book publishing or becoming an author, you know, you don't know what to do and you end up doing a lot of things that turn out to be a waste of time. It's like you chase down the rabbit hole. And so in order to eliminate that, it was like this is what we want to look at. We want to look at our brand. Let's just start with our brand. Let's just focus on that and then the next thing. So also the core four isn't like you're not going to do this core four and then complete them all at the same time and then replace them. You're going to rep- when you when you um when you focus on one thing and you've accomplished that one thing, then you can trade that one out for something different. Okay, so so I am I'm trying to compare this to the the, the conscious communication book that you had and and how you very much delineate these processes of going about approaching this. And so the very first step I'm understanding is look at the things that are causing you angst and try to wrap your mind around those and what those are going to take in order for you to kind of settle those into place. Um, that's, that's my first takeaway from your first message. But I have a funny feeling that that does not compare to the conscious communication Mary Shore because you just did not seem to really focus on the issues as much as the internal process of consciously learning and feeling like there's a reason behind all of these sorts of things that are occurring. Can you kind of blend those together? Well, in the book, the the first chapter is all about focus. Right. And so the book is the book is really takes you through a journey of personal development because in the world right. of personal development and spiritual development, you know, a lot of us um we feel like we want to have these transformations. And really when I say we, you know, I really mean me. Um <laughs> uh, like I was mm-hmm. I was always looking for this way to transform my life. And after doing that for multiple, multiple years, you know, where I would go to workshop events and I would do these things, and it seems like a lot of people were were selling sort of this idea of an instant transformation. And, yes. you know, I, w- I would go to these events, and, and I would notice how uplifted everyone would feel. And they might even say things like, oh, my life has changed, you know, this is like everything is different now. But when I talked to that person, say, three weeks later, what I really realized was nothing had truly changed for them, and they were riding high on the emotions of the event, meaning they had immersed themselves into this incubator where they're with, you know, thousands of like-minded people. A lot of times there's great music playing, people are dancing, and you're having a jolly old time, which is creating a lot of dopamine and serotonin in your brain. So as you feel so good because you're in this euphoria, you're also kind of eliminated from your stresses in life, meaning you're not sitting at work, you're not dealing with your kids or your spouse or your bills or whatever it is that's bothering you. So it's also kind of like a mini a mini stress vacation because you're away from all of that. So of course you feel like your life has changed. Yeah. But the thing is, what I feel like is lacking is implementation. So people go to these things and they, they might be given some tools, but the real magic happens when you can take the tools that you've learned and say, how can I apply these tools to my life Yes. and actually start to make change? So what I learned from this is that true transformation happens in the smallest pivots of time over a longer period of time, over a journey. So, you know, even though I started my personal development journey and my spiritual journey 15 years, I'm still evolving now. Mm-hmm. You sound adamant. You sound adamant behind the idea of staying focused on these four clarities of vision, and adamant that this is an evolving process. And so, these four cores of ultimate clarity are not about now that you've got these four cores, you're going to be really focused, and you're going to be really, you know, able to take off all the mess that doesn't relate to that. 
it's like these four cores kind of help you walk through the murk and the mud of life. They help you be able to get through the tragedies, the traumas, the, the oopses of the life and, and keep them organized in such a way that you don't feel like you're overwhelmed by all the little urgent, emergent moments. I'm again, I'm trying to pigeonhole on you on this. Am I wrong? So let me give you an example. Okay. So right now, you know, one of my one of my core fours is healing. And there's some certain heartbreaks in my life that I, I recognize that I need to heal from. <laughs> and when it comes to say personal relationships with men, um, significant other level relationships, um, I have noticed a pattern in my life. Like maybe my pattern is attracting unavailable men. So what I recognize is right now I should not be getting into a relationship. So what the core four helps me with is to understand so when a relationship opportunity presents itself, then I need to be really careful about entering into that relationship because what I really want out of life is that Harvard-level relationship. I was talking, I was on a show one time, and the lady was talking about having a Harvard-level relationship, having a state college-level relationship, or having a community college-level relationship. And she said all of the different colleges, you know, they're all wonderful, but which one do you want to have? And I wanted to have a Harvard-level relationship. Well, I recognize that in order to have that level of relationship that I'm looking for, like that true spiritual partnership, then I really need to complete my or be well into my journey of healing so that I can also attract another person who wants a Harvard-level relationship. Because we do attract what we are, correct? So now, because of the core four, when an opportunity or someone's interested in me, then I'm just keeping that as a friendship and not moving forward with a relationship because my focus is on healing. Got now it. Maybe, yeah. Now maybe once I've completed or I feel further along in my healing journey, and in, in healing, by the way, doesn't just mean with my heart. Like I'm also um, losing some weight. So my core four helped me make a decision to um, go on the whole 30 not really a diet plan, but like a Whole30 eating plan where you only eat whole, whole foods. Yes. So because of my core four, it made that decision really easy to commit to doing this Whole30 program. So see how it's like a filter? So it helps me mm-hmm. like say no to the relationship because I'm focused on healing right now because I know that once I heal, I'll be in a better position to present myself in a relationship. Okay, great examples. And then you said the first part of how to create it is to look at those things in your life that are falling apart. What are some of the other ways or the guidances for creating these four core focuses? What, what, what are the other steps? Well, I think that once you have them written, I mean, it's just like what are the four highest priorities? And then once you have it written um, in Chapter 9 of Conscious conscious Communications, we teach you how to write a one-page action plan. So it's Mm -hmm. like then taking the the four things and then starting to break them down a little bit to see what you need. So, for example, with my healing, um, I've signed up to go to a meditation retreat that's all about healing the heart. So I'm doing that next week, and I'm very, very excited. It's something oh, I've wanted to do for a very long time. It's at Monroe Institute, which is, like, one of my happiest oh, yeah. places on earth. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I had wanted to go to that program for a couple of years. So when I looked at healing, it's like, what are all the things I want to heal in my life? Okay? Now, what if someone else's core is relationship? What would you like your ideal relationship to look like? And then start writing those things down. It's like you're creating that vision. So when I said, what would healing look like for myself? It would look like heart. My heart is healed. My subconscious is clear and healthy. My belief systems are supporting what I want to have happen in life. My physical body is is as strong as it can be. My weight is in check. My liver, my liver functioning, my cholesterol, you know, like all of those physical things are in check. And then as well, like, you know, my spirit, like what am I doing to feed my spirit and making sure that my spirit as, is as connected 
to my body and my mind as humanly possible because I know that the more I strengthen that connection, the more it's going to drive everything else in life. So Mm -hmm. to answer your question specifically, whatever it is your core, you want to start asking yourself some questions about that. And then looking for some remedies, it sounds like. Looking for definite interventions you can put into your life that are manageable, that keep you focused on that. Or what, stumbling upon those interventions as you keep yourself focused? Well, it's amazing because when you do get focused, one of the byproducts of focus is synchronicities. Because I always say that, like, um, if you take one step in a new direction or you take one or two steps in a new direction, it's like – To me, it's like God or the universe or whatever kind of language that you use steps in and meets you halfway. So it's amazing to me how synchronicities begin to show up in your life when you get that clarity and that and and you get your focus um, moving moving in the direction of of what you want to go and you've got like some momentum going. You know, Dr. Carroll, have you heard of people talking about like that one word where people pick one word for the year? Yes. So this is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's go on to that because another comment that you said you wanted to talk about today was that 2018 is going to be the year of unconditional love, prosperity, and security. Why those three words and what do you mean? Oh, my gosh. So I am so excited about this. Um <laughs> Okay, so over New Year's, I went to a meditation retreat, again at Monroe, because that's my happy place, and it's a really, it's one of my favorite meditation retreats when I get the opportunity to go, because what we do is we spend the last few days focusing on, like, what we gained from the year, like, really reflecting on 2017, and then in the first couple of days of the new year, you're focusing on creating and blueprinting the year you want to create coming up. Doesn't that sound fun? Yes. So we did that. And then on January 1st, a lady, um, a lady named Anna, she started talking about that she had received this message that 2018 is going to be the year of unconditional love, prosperity, and security. And throughout with our group, we just we just really riffed on this and we made it really exciting. And what I learned was that 2018 being the year of unconditional love, prosperity, and security, it all starts through the lens or through the journey of gratitude. And so when we're talking about unconditional love, we're really talking about self-love. And this, the way that this looks like is through our gratitude of, and I'm going to say something a little different about gratitude, because I think that when I was a child and I was growing up in a Christian-based household, that, and it wasn't anything ex- extreme, and I'm certainly not complaining, but I was taught certain things. And one of the things that I was taught is that I owed, I needed to be grateful at the end of the day. I needed to pray, pray these, uh, almost like I had a debt of gratitude to the, to the deity in the sky. And so I would dutifully do that. But I'm talking about a different kind of gratitude here. I'm talking about different than I was traditionally taught. So the way to tap in to this self-love is to be grateful for your own innate skills, gifts, and talents. So if I am good at speaking, mentoring, if I'm a healer, if I am a wonderful radio host, like my, what are your abilities that you really feel are your gifts in this world? And to sit down every day and be grateful for those things. I'm so grateful for my ability to mentor. I'm grateful for my ability to be a leader. I'm grateful for my ability to be a wonderful, nurturing, compassionate mother. I'm grateful for my ability to navigate. I'm, you know, whatever, and everyone's is different. You know, one person might have tremendous cooking skills, and they should be grateful for those skills. And what I believe and what, and I, what I think this message is, is that the more you are grateful for your innate intelligence, your innate skills, gifts, and abilities, those things are going to expand in your life this year. 
And for me, it started immediately. So as those things expand in your life, they become a foundation. They, they are laying a foundation to become the prosperity so that so that something comes your way, and as you are grateful for your gifts, you then are setting the foundation of where your prosperity is coming from. Mm. This was so eye-opening for me, and this is literally happening. Like I, I've had example after example as I'm grateful for my ability to teach, and the next thing I know from out of nowhere, like some sort of hidden forces came together to give me opportunities to speak and to teach, which is exactly one of the things that I was, have been being grateful for. And then when we talk about the gratitude piece again, like how we need to take the time to be grateful for the prosperity that we already have. And I'm talking about things like, I mean, you know, I was sharing with you briefly before the show about my basement flooding last night and that we're having some cold weather and some snowstorms here. So I'm grateful for my insurance. I'm grateful for the workers that came and, you know, sucked the sucked the water out of the basement. I'm grateful for the technology that exists to allow them to do so. I'm grateful for the soil. I'm grateful for the water. I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for all of the things that our planet is providing for us. Mm-hmm. And during this meditation, it was really all about understanding that being grateful for what we are being what we are being given is going to help heal in a direction where we need to be need to be healing. I know this is kind of like a little bit woo woo compared to what I normally talk about, but it feels so beautiful. And you know, when you talk when you talk about it, Mary Shores, with such adamance and such clarity, it doesn't sound woo woo. It sounds oh, I'm like so glad very, to hear you say yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it actually sounds like you're summoning up the very strength that is inside of us and paying attention to it, and paying attention to it enough to not only re- have reverence for it, appreciation and respect for it, but to kind of That's gift it. That's such a beautiful to, way. To kind of gift it to ourselves and to the universe around us, whomever that collective is, and say, here, this is, this is who I am. I want to give it to me, and I want to share it. And it's just a, it's a very concrete sort of thing to say, even though you're talking about it in the abstract. So, no, I, it, it hasn't yet crossed the line of woo-woo, but I think that we Wonderful. should cross the line of woo-woo. But keep going with your idea because you're, you're, you're well, progressing. Well, we, we, we can cross that line. So the lady, that, the lady that was explaining all of this, like I did go to her and say, you know, do you want me to share this message? And she did. She, she absolutely did um, want me to tell as many people about this as possible because she really felt like she had channeled it in. Um, so... This, this thing about going into our greater sense of prosperity, when we are comfortable in our prosperity, that's really what leads us to trust in the universe and to feel secure. So this last piece of this, which is all about security, it's knowing that our needs are met. When we are knowing that our needs can be met, then we feel like that sense of security. We can trust that what we need to be provided for us will be provided for us. And so that was like the the follow-up and the final part of this trinity of what we can expect in 2018. And then there are some details that I would really love to add to this because it is all about gratitude, but it's also like if we go back to the part about self-love. So rewinding back to the first for the to the first part of this that okay. the more we can be grateful for our skills, gifts and talents, the second part of this is looking at the shadow of that. In that we we what we have to eliminate is we have to eliminate feeling comparing ourselves to other people because you can't truly be grateful for your gifts if you are constantly comparing yourself to another person because that person has their gifts and you have yours and so it's important to understand to get into this 2018 being the year of unconditional love 
prosperity and security that looking at what we need to eliminate and what we need to eliminate is the self-judgment. What we need to eliminate is comparing ourselves, having envy for another person. And there is a big conversation that I've started to have around this as I've deepened my, my, um, as I've deepened my understanding of what this means is that we have to forgive ourselves. Because, um, you know, a lot of times I talk about alignment, and alignment being that we need to get our thoughts, our words, our feelings, our choices, and our actions all moving in the direction that we want to go. And I wanted to add to that this year that the thing I want to add to alignment is forgiving ourselves because we can't truly be in alignment if we have something in our body or our subconscious that we have not forgiven ourselves for. And going right back to that childhood and being raised, you know, a certain way, I was also taught that I needed to pray or repent for forgiveness. And I would do that. And and what I've learned now is that the person that I really need to be asking forgiveness from is myself. By yourself. Yeah, so I've got this short excerpt that I want to read out of Conscious Communications. This is on page 158 out of a chapter titled, Becoming Who You Really Are. And and I'll be interested in your, I'm going to pause after Dr. Carroll because I'm going to be interested in your thoughts on this. Okay. I know it's easier said than done, but what if, as an experiment, you tried to be happy just by becoming who you really are, just living it and stepping into it. To get to who you really are, you have to shed layer after layer of who you've been pretending to be, layers of the person that you know deep down you are not. You're shedding layers of your problems, layers of self-judgment, layers of how others have judged you, shedding layers of unworthiness, fear, worry, and unnecessary responsibilities, and layers of beliefs and challenges around what you, what other people think you are, or even worse, think you should be. Well, I guess my reactions to that are number number one. It's such a, a, a you're shooting an arrow towards a sense of freedom, because someone is freeing themselves from things that don't belong to them anyway, and things that don't belong to us become burdens. So I think that's a beautiful way of saying. Get rid of your burdens of those things that are not you. So what a sense of freedom mm-hmm. that seems to echo for me. I think the other I thing I love I'd that like word, to, getting rid mm-hmm. of the burden. Mm-hmm. And the other idea that comes to my mind is, I think that chasing after the happiness word is um, kind of one of my things, Mary. I don't think we need to chase after happiness. I think we need to chase after wholeness. I love that. And and I don't and a lot of times what I'll talk about is how is like let's talk about that because this is important. You know, we're getting to there's a there's a movement towards positive psychology in our culture yes. right now. And yes. especially if you follow certain spiritual practices and I don't I'm not going to name names, but there are people that are teaching that the most important thing is having positive thoughts and that if you're not having positive thoughts or if something bad happens to you, that basically you attracted that because of your negative thoughts. And I I actually call this, um, to me, I feel like this is what I call spiritual bullying because you know what? I attracted flooding my basement, but maybe it's not (laughs) because of my negative thoughts. Maybe it's because I need to clear out my basement. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Or maybe it's just because half the basements in town are flooded right now. (laughs) Maybe it's not because I did something wrong. But the problem is, and this was happening to me, is that there's such a focus on positivity that it doesn't leave you a way to process your life when, when stuff hits the fan. Thank you. And believe me, things are going to hit the fan. And when you get into that deep, dark hole and you feel isolated because you are afraid to tell your friends because your friends or your your spiritual community is going to look at you and say, well, you attracted that. How does that serve anybody? Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's so I even have I actually have a process um, in conscious communications. It's called Five Steps to Break Through Your Breakdown, and I believe it's in Chapter Six. And it's all it's all researched on neuroscience to understand how the brain works and how stress chemicals work and how happiness chemicals work. And you know what? We were not built as humans to experience happiness all the time. We right. have a range, a spectrum of emotions, and we were sent here to experience all of that spectrum of emotions because we grow through our struggles. We expand because of the things, because of the, the unhappy or because of the uncomfortable moments. My, my journey has not been a graceful one, but I could never have, be, I could never have built the character I could never have stepped into the resilience and the courage that I now possess if I hadn't gone through the terrible breakups, if I hadn't gone through uh, being a mother of a profoundly brain-damaged little girl, infant. If I hadn't gone through the things, I couldn't be, because what I know now is that I came into this life with this mission to teach these concepts that I'm teaching but I had to learn them myself, and that wasn't mm-hmm. always easy. Right, exactly. I, I'm, so, I'm just so, you, you do not ha- know how thrilled I am that you're saying all of these. I'm in the process of writing a book right now that is about helping light workers and healers and, and spiritually minded individuals to embrace a sense of wholeness, which is entirely different than just the law of attraction, and um, that a law of attraction has power to it. But it also imposes a lot of burden and myopic uh, single-mindedness. One, so you can't feel the fullness of who you are, and you can't communicate to all of your thoughts. And so, instead, to be able to feel those feelings and hear all of your thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent, and say, "Wow, here I am in this committee meeting of me, and I'm complex." And in this committee meeting of me, I'm going to assume that everybody has a meritable message and that it also has a shadow side that's not too much worth merit. (laughs) But I'm going to listen. I'm going to get to know myself and listen. And in a sense, that's about self-love because it's about not self-love, but self-respect, which is a variation of self-love. And this self-respect of saying, I'm in the midst of meditation, and instead of feeling like I have to hate that I have a monkey mind, to say in the middle of meditation, hello, monkey mind, are there messages here that you're desperately trying to scramble into my mind through synchronicity or just the fact that you're present? And if there are messages, I respect that you're here. And that is a very different type of form of meditation than trying to eliminate the monkey mind or get rid of the negative thoughts. It's an embracing of kind of unity and wholeness and admitting that not everything is worth a lot. But it isn't that we have to scramble to get rid of what's worthless. So thank you for bringing us uh, to the forefront. Well, you're so welcome, and thank you for providing a platform that I can bring it. (laughs) Any thoughts along those lines you'd like to elaborate? So I think that... I think that meditation is an interesting topic, and and I feel like there's never one way. There's never one right way. And so, you know, I can share share with you my thoughts on meditation, um, and they look different than other people's, and that's fine because, you know, it's nice to have so many other perspectives. When I think about meditation and I think about monkey mind, um, because because I tend to approach things from the neuroscientific point of view, um, I would say that the point of meditation is to balance your brain waves. And, and, you know, that's why they call it hemisphere synchronization through like the hemi-sync CDs or holo-sync and that the thoughts are really a symptom that you have not achieved the balanced brain waves. And so through a practice, through practicing meditation over time, then as your brain waves start to get entrained and start to become used to you doing that practice, then the thoughts would begin to calm. 
the thoughts would begin to dissipate or the thoughts would begin to and I, I feel like what you're talking about is more of an active an active meditation practice where you're communicating um with the thoughts. So I think that right. that could go, you know, in two different directions. What what I found particularly interesting about what you said is that recently I've really been diving deep into the world of lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so I, I mean, exactly obviously if I'm going to Monroe, not that... <laughs> I know that your listeners might not all know what Monroe is, but it is literally the institute, which is like the the, the whole center of their institute is the research of out-of-body experiences or what some people refer to as astral traveling. Yeah. And then just a stone's throw from that, you have this other sort of area, which is lucid dreaming. Well, I've been starting to have some super mystical experiences with my lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences, and sometimes it's happening multiple times a night. So I decided I needed to learn. I needed, That's actually part of my core four is um, educate. <laughs> um, so I started to watch some interviews from some lucid dreamer researcher. The one guy's name is Robert Wagner. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I listened to some of his interviews, and he said just what you're saying. He said if you've got a dream character when you're lucid, one of the things that you can do is understand that that dream character is an aspect of your subconscious, which, by the way, a thought is an aspect from your subconscious. So if I've got a dream character, I can actually turn to that dream character and I can ask them, just like what you suggested, is there something you want me to know? Or I could say to that dream character, why are you here? You know, you could actually have these interactions. And so as you were talking about that, that's kind of, that's what I was thinking about. It's like, oh, this reminds me of what I'm just learning in this lucid dreaming. Uh, And there are actually what people, um, one person is even learning how to meditate during their lucid dream experience, which is really trippy. But I just know that it's not an accident that all of a sudden I went from a person who was not having those mystical kind. I call them mystical because they're so much fun. But um, I was a person that was not having those experiences to now I'm a person who's often having those experiences. And it didn't necessarily happen because I was asking for it. It happened because, you know, it seemed to be very like full moon and new moon associated. And it also, when we had the big eclipse last year in August, Mm -hmm. so that eclipse was August 21st and, and my book released August 22nd. And that marked really the first really big sort of lucid and out of body experience that I had where I was literally being downloaded some sort of, um, like you said, you want to go more woo. Here we go. Um, I was literally being downloaded like some sort of language or coding or something you know i describe it like you know in the matrix where you would see like the rain the green um like raining down of code yes well it looked just like that but instead of it being computer code it was all of these like geometric symbols and patterns and stuff that meant really nothing to me but it was very interesting and and almost like psychedelic to look at so there was that was very cool and then like the following month, or maybe it was the following two months, instead of the download being uh, the code, it was more like now I feel like I was given the key because now I'm listening, and instead of it being code, it's a voice. So I feel like I must have been given some kind of key to unlock whatever that language was that was downloaded in me. Is any of that making sense, Dr. Carroll? Oh, it always does. Yes, it does. (laughs) On very profound levels. (laughs) Now, some of our listeners are going to think this is totally crazy, but I totally know what you're saying. I completely have had the same experiences, cultivate those same experiences, and you are saying them very well. So feel free to continue. You've got a very uh, well, in, understanding audience. You know, it's so interesting when we when we talk about the term crazy, because like occasionally, like I'll get a message from somebody, like say randomly on Facebook, and they'll say, oh, I saw you in such and such Facebook group, and, and, and like I know you on the astral plane. Like to me, that sounds crazy. 
like to okay. reach out to a strange person, you know, and to ha- and and like claim that you're like this whatever in this other realm. And so I've had so I think there is a line between what someone is doing that feels crazy because you know it is a little bit outside the box. Not a little bit. It's all the way outside the box, right? <laughs> but I can tell you that I'm a person that's extremely scientific minded, but I'm also very spiritually minded, and I believe that science and spirituality are talking about the same thing and they're using two different languages. And I also am deep, deep into the study of consciousness. And so when I understand these experiences, what I believe to be true that is happening to me is that I am fully aware during this experience. So it feels, it physically feels different than a normal dream. So that's one clue that something a little bit different is happening to you is that it, and I don't just mean when you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that was a dream and I didn't really murder my sister in my dream Um, versus um, this really just happened. There was no line between that was a dream. It was no, that really just happened. Um, So it was, it's really that. And I found it fascinating and the reason that I found it so fascinating is because if I could trace down, and, and you're writing a book, and so you'll understand this, and really anyone writing will understand this, but when you are a writer, things come to you, and people often talk about yeah. getting the download. And mm-hmm. so what I felt was like this was the first time, because I always knew that I was getting downloads from the information in my book, um, but I wasn't channeling. So like some people channel and they got the easy, mm-hmm. you know, they got an easy ride <laughs> because I wish I could channel and I wouldn't have to sweat my, make my brain sweat so much to write a book. But oh, Mary, you I can, think but that I, just, <laughs> I think you told me that before, but mm-hmm. my point is, here's my point, Dr. Carol. I just became aware of the downloads. The downloads were already mm-hmm. happening to me for the last 10 years, and that was right. just the moment that I actually witnessed one of them. And how cool right. is that? Yes. Absolutely how cool is that? Mary, I'm going, I am in the process of writing. This is going to be my 16th book. And this, and this book to me has been the hardest one I've ever had to write. And the reason is because I do not know how to speak to the individuals that are precisely where you're at, which is at this huge level of discovery of all these very profound sorts of things that are available and beyond. And yet at the same time, keep it grounded enough for people to be able to feel like their feet are on the ground and the reality that they've always known. And thirdly, to be able to take all these incredibly profound things that don't feel so grounded that we'll call out of the box and apply them to the everyday life of making social, political, and personal changes. And so this is, this is the intention of this book. And I have so much information all collected in all these chapters and my inline and so forth and so on. But I do not know how to say the one-liner to people that will make them say, oh, that's the book I've been looking for. Am I making any sense? Yeah, you are. You're looking for your silver bullet. Yeah, I guess a silver bullet. And so while I'm hearing you talk about this, I know that your message is spot on to so many people, me included, that are looking for those silver bullets, that well, looking for that information because they feel the power of its urgent download coming part of their consciousness. But they don't know how in the world to listen to it, and therefore they can't identify it. You somehow learned how to listen to your lucid experience, and you had enough identification with it to have this kind of psychedelic process and then try to say, well, then how do I ground this in my everyday life and how I'm influencing people? And that's a key question. How? What, what's, what's this all about for the here and now, or is it be, for the here and there? Um, and, but I feel like what your experience is, is what a profound tipping point amount of populace is actually ready to experience. How is this message communicated? So if your question is, how do I discover what is the hook for my book? That's a 
bit of a different question than going into all the other stuff you just said. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, fair enough. Because I'm trying to also be. Which one do you want to? Because I can see we can connect the two together. But like, give me a. Where do you want me to start? Out of respect to all my listeners, I want to start at the one that's most important to them. But I somehow think that they are married to each other. That's why I don't see them as actually separate from each other. I think that uh-huh. if everybody could kind of hear the silver bullet, they'd go, oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's the message that I want to follow. So I think that this, I think let's go to the silver bullet. I think it's going to cascade into the other relevance. So if you, my best advice, Dr. Carroll, and then I'm just kind of talking <laughs> woman to woman, author to author. All right, all right. And and for anyone out there who's listening that has ever wanted to get a message out, this is not just about writing books, okay? This is when you know a universal truth inside of you and you feel that you have a purpose or you have a duty or you have to get this out there. We do have to, like part of our job of being here on the planet is that we are taking universal truth and universal knowledge and we're disseminating it for the humans, Right. right, so that they can they can understand that, and and part mm-hmm. of part of being able to do that is understanding that some of the humans have an attention span of about twenty five seconds, <laughs> and so how do you how do you go in, and that's why it's called a hook or a silver bullet. It's like what is it that is going to be their takeaway, and I actually. Um, it's interesting because I just did a free webinar about how to be a fabulous podcast guest, and it's all about that. It's taking, like, what is the story, what is unique about you, and what is the takeaway, and understanding right. that that's what you need to be sharing. But mm-hmm. my best advice, writer to writer, is that you go to an expert who will be willing to listen to you, and then they tell you what they found fascinating about it. Because the problem is we don't find our own stuff as fascinating as we find other people's stuff. So whenever, mm-hmm. so like for example, whenever I'm talking, if you and I were to be talking offline and I tell you my story and maybe that takes me an hour, you might be able to say, here's the one big takeaway I took from your story. Mm-hmm. Where And like you just did that as I was talking about this lucidity thing. You really took something powerful away from that and you made that the message of the story. But what I'm saying is sometimes you need a person to collaborate with in order to do that. I'm not the person, by the way, because that's not my talent, but somebody has that talent. Well, I'm feeling like a bad uh, podcast host right now because this is now becoming very focused on my own process. I guess let's, let's, so let's, t- let's, let's elevate this to the grander scheme. What inside of you, Mary, says there is more out there for me to tap into, and I feel compelled to do it for the betterment of myself and others? I would say that the way that I would answer that is just like, you know, when we go to the old analogy of of like um, peeling of the onion. And what I would say is that, I know that through my own journey in life, I am, I am making discovery after discovery after discovery of what consciousness is all about, what our journey is all about, what life, what reality, what, like, what our purposes are, are all about. And, and one of the things that really keeps me going is that, and you know, I shared with you about the downloads. I don't usually talk about that on shows, but the truth is what keeps me going is I will get a download of information. Like for example, um, um, something that I've just become obsessed with in this past six months is helping to lead people to their purpose because purpose has become, especially with the younger generation, it's become this like thing, this mission that we all have to tap into, but we've been led to believe that purpose is this thing that's like hiding behind an elusive curtain. And in order to tap into your purpose, you have to go through this like struggle. But really the truth is that when you embrace your natural skills, gifts, talents, and abilities, that is your purpose. Just like when we were talking about 2018, you know, and how to tap into this prosperity, that the more that we can get as many people living on their path as possible, that the more that things become more into balance. And so what keeps me going, Dr. Carroll, is that when I get information that comes to me and it's that powerful and it's that strong and it's that life-changing – 
and I go on a show like yours and I talk to the host and they're very excited about it, then I know I'm getting yes, 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 yes. This information needs to be taken out into the world, and I'm just the catalyst that's bringing it out there. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for that job, by the way. You know, I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad I have it. I'm, I'm glad I have it because I can do it and I'm capable, and I'm strong, and I'm influential, and people listen to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like the spiritual used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you say you didn't ask for the job. Why wouldn't you? Well, I think on some level I obviously did ask for the job. Um, mm. It's just not always – you don't always know. Like if you had told me 10 years ago this is what I'd be doing, I would have been like, okay, lady – Let's go talk about the crazy pills you need to take. <laughs> because I wouldn't have believed that, right? But mm. but I did actually have someone 10 years ago tell me. So I, I actually went to like a little psychic fair at our local metaphysical shop, and uh, I talked to this channeler, and he held my hand, and he, he something spoke through him. So he like closed his eyes, and 10 years ago he said to me, don't worry, honey, your book is going to be a bestseller. And it was the spookiest thing ever because at that point, I wasn't really telling people that I wanted to write a book. But I had this sort of inner secret desire that I wanted to. And I just kept thinking, how can he know that? How does he know that? Like it was a weird to me, you know, and and – and he told me all of these things that were going to happen. And he told me this impact that I was going to have on the world. And, of course, I just walked away like, okay that's a bunch of, you know, you know what. But <laughs> now there's so many times I go back and I reflect to that moment. And I realize on some level this is what I asked for. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't so obvious, you know. It wasn't, and a lot of times our things are not obvious to us. Because you know why? Because the human psyche can only handle what is the next thing. Mm-hmm. What is the next thing that's going to lead you to the next thing? You know, like mm-hmm. I can absolutely tell you, 25 years ago I was a telemarketer. And that's, like, not the most glamorous job in the world. But I will absolutely tell you that if I had not been a telemarketer, I would not be where I'm at today. Hmm. That somehow my my spirit, my soul, my whatever knew that I needed to have that job so that it would start to feed certain skills to be able to talk to people that I was going to need later on down the road. Hmm. You know, our, our, we've come to this, this uh, idea of the four cores of the ultimate clarity of vision and then unconditional love, prosperity, and security, and then natural skills, and being able to have complete uh, comfort with your natural skills, gratitude for the natural skills. And as you said what you just said, I have to say that there was this peacefulness, a security of stepping into the flow of the communication, the universe. And that all of the things that you've talked about are about how to make sure your navigation system is set up so that you can listen to the signals that are going to teach you where to go, uh, how, how to set up your GPS, how, how, to code in the, how to code in the comfortable, the four cores, so forth and so on, so that you can hear these ways that you feel like you're getting off course, but actually, oh, this is the direction we're supposed to be going. And I think that some people might call it synchronicity or others might call it have faith that everything's going to work out okay. Uh, but you've, you've drawn it to this kind of place of, of, you know, draw your clarity so that you can allow the universe to shift you smoothly. That is such a wonderful summary. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for this amazing hour that we've shared. Listeners, you have heard a process. Uh, This is not like everything defined and cleared for you, but a process. And I hope you've been able to step into your own processes of discovering yourself and your next steps. Mary, how do you want to leave us in our last minute? 
Well, I would love, love, love just to tell the listeners if they want to find me, um, please go on Amazon, check out the book Conscious Communications. I always say mm-hmm. if you just read the description of a book and maybe a handful of the reviews, you will know right away if this book is for you. If you want to get to know me more um, on social media, on Facebook, I have a Facebook group called Fearless Ambition, and all of your listeners are more than welcome to join. We'd love to have you as part of our community. Is it called Fearless What? Fearless Ambition. Okay. And then how else do they contact you? Well, they can go to www.maryshores.com, and I have a weekly blog on that that always has a free download. Okay, so I'm typing this in right now on the profile of this program, everybody, so that you can get access to the free information and Mary Shore's wonderful book, Conscious Communication, and Go Soar. We need everybody to soar out there into their essential selves. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for joining us and inspiring us. Greatly appreciated. And listeners? Thank you, Dr. Carol. Thank you. And listeners, go out there and really be this amazing you. We need you desperately. Cheers. Cheers.